Hey there, and welcome to the Lick My Lid podcast. I'm your host, Alexandra Drake, library professional and smut enthusiast. We love our listeners, so don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. Also, you can find us on Patreon at Lick My Lit Podcast. See you there. Each episode, we'll have hilarious, provocative discussions about erotic literature, authors, and self-proclaimed sexperts. The goal being to create an open, non-judgmental dialogue surrounding sexuality, fetishes, and romance through the examination of multiple genres of erotica. So, let's slide right in. She leaves, and then we get the ending, we get to the ending, which is really open-ended. It... it... The book ends completely different in where she does not run nine to ten miles up a hill to get to his shitty little stone farm that has, like, one cow. Um, That you can um, see. Yeah, right. That that, that we know of. Miller's got cows hidden all over England, okay? Right. <laughs> it's got all them cows. <laughs> you know, and, and it does an open-ended, and it allows the imagination to guess what happens next. They exchange letters. And she kind of stays with Hilda, trying to fight her divorce, and he's off in the middle of nowhere, working on a farm, trying to get out of his, his divorce with Bertha. Question mark? You don't really know what he's doing. <laughs> Well, you do because you end on a letter from him. And it's so funny because when I was listening to it, it was the end and I didn't realize that was the end. And I went, oh. <laughs> like, yeah, it happens. Oh, uh, so you, you're you reading a letter from Mellers to Connie and he basically says, I'm sorry I have to be here away from you and that you have to be pregnant with our child and ostracized all by yourself. I'm trying to get myself financially set up. And as a matter of fact, I just love the fact that we are both totally chased right now. I love that for us. We're on our (laughs) own little chaste journey together where we're not having sex with nobody. Nope. And then I think... One of my favorite parts about the book, other than Hilda, it literally ends with him referencing their nicknames for each other's genitals. And he is like, okay, well, tell Lady Jane hello from John Thomas Fien. It was terrible. (laughs) (laughs) But you don't know. You don't know. You don't know if she goes back to Clifford You don't know if they ever really get together. You don't know if he, like you said, you don't know if if he gets a divorce. You don't know. You don't don't know. know. You don't know if she has a full-term pregnancy. You don't know. Well, we will never know. We'll never know. Which is, I think, why it was so hard for me to enjoy the book because I got no closure from it. No fucking closure other than... Maybe they'll end up together. Maybe she'll die. Maybe he'll die. (laughs) 
you know, like we don't know. And just obviously, you this, hope that they'll die. I mean, I didn't hope for it. I just, you know, was kind of expecting it. Well, but that's know. the thing, right? Is that because they are lovers in a very classical sense. You would expect it to end as a tragedy. That somebody I, I, dies. Somebody, somebody's got to go. <laughs> but because D.H. Lawrence made a very progressive choice to end it on a question mark, maybe they don't die. Maybe it's fine. And maybe you can, they live happily ever after. And you can believe that one of them dies, and I can believe that they live in that beautiful farm hut forever. Or that she goes back to Clifford and gets a new lover and they have a baby and it's fine. But <laughs> it, it could be anything. It could be maybe, anything. Maybe she runs into somebody else during the pregnancy and whoops, they have sex. <laughs> I, I don't know. It, any, anything goes. <laughs> so... You know, it's a mystery. I think that it is a really interesting book. I think it is a sensual book. I do think that there is a certain amount of justification. Sorry, Richard. In if you're looking for the dirty parts to just read the dirty parts. Yeah, dirty parts are great. It's good, good dirty parts. I will be honest, my Audible was starring somebody amazing. And I'm not going to discredit their performance. You had but a good reader. I love a good reader. I had a really good reader talking this book to me. And it wasn't the reader's fault. But the first five chapters, I was struggling to keep up. And I think that was because my lack of intellectual capacity and understanding British people, (laughs) or if it was the actual writing, because there was a while where it was, everybody was in everybody's head for a long time. It was a lot of deep, deep thoughts with Jack Handy. There was a lot of that, especially from the dudes that I did not like. I did not care for it. I was frankly bored by a lot of their inner dialogue. And then, you know, then there were parts where there was like, not necessarily a joke, but they would go through all this discussion. Like that one dinner they had where they go through Bolshevism and it just turns into bullshitism at, at, at a point because they go so far into this rabbit hole that I would not go down it with them. Like I was in my car driving and I was like, I'm not gonna, I I can't go down this hole. I think that was a hundred percent. The point is that that level of intellectual quote unquote discussion resulted in Connie literally going outside to find a man to fuck because she (laughs) she was that bored. She so bored she was like uh, i just need some yeah she was so bored that she gave up a title and land and a future and a lot of things that a lot of people would want because she was over it you know then bravo for gh lawrence for making me feel that way for <laughs> moments <laughs> 
And Connie endured for months. Months, months. And you know, as far as we know, years. That's why she looked so bad. (laughs) That's why her body was shutting down. Yes. Because I felt that for 10 minutes and thought I was going to drive off the highway and end it. (laughs) I was like, oh my God, this is the worst chapter. I'm so irritated. I'm so bored. And you know Thank you for shining that light on me that that was the writing because that's exactly what Connie was going through. Yeah, 100%. And that she at some point was just like, I, I don't want to talk to these guys. They're Every one of them is a blowhard. <laughs> All of them are the worst. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like every single one of them is talking out of his ass. And at the end of the day, you know, she's having sex with Michaelis, one of these dudes, and it realizes like this man is a tiny little boy and he is an empty shell of a human. And I think that that is the emphasis that is placed on Connie and Meller's relationship is that both of them are living in the real raw world where they're feeling feelings and not just talking about a bunch of garbage and theories and stuff that according to Connie doesn't matter. Unfortunately, I felt like that was all flip could drink is that bullshit because when it came to having the real hard conversations, he wasn't there. He wouldn't even tune into it. Yeah. He was just like, go have a child with anybody. Who cares? And she was like, let's unpack this. And he was like, I said what I said. Yeah, 100%. He was an I said what I said man. But we're so human. Look at us having this experience. Yeah. We're roughing it, babe. No, no. Well, and also, you know, he talks about it being like marriage being made up of a shared journey through life. But then Connie is like, but you're not sharing anything with me except for endless time where we just are required to be in the same room. That's not actual sharing. So boring. That's not real intimacy. He was the worst. And I do appreciate the the Netflix adaptation showing everything she had to do for him. Oh, yeah. Thanks for joining us for part five of our Lady Chatterley's Lover series. Let's hope that everyone in your life requires less effort than Clifford. And please join us for part six where we play our favorite game. In the meantime, I hope you're having a wonderful new year.